Welcome in, everyone, and thank you for listening to the 16th ever episode of the Missouri Sports Podcast, brought to you by 106 Apparel and recording from the Revel Advertising Studio in beautiful Springfield, Missouri. I'm one of your hosts, Cameron Albert, alongside my good friend and fellow Mizzou fan, Kyle DeVries. How are you doing today, Kyle? I'm doing great, Cameron. It's simultaneously football and basketball season, so that means it's the best time of the year. I agree. And we had two winners in one week. Mm-hmm. It was a good week. Fantastic. It was a great week. Yes. Well, I honestly don't have any news. We're going to talk about some injury updates uh, when we talk about the football preview. So I think we'll just start talking about football um, with a recap of Missouri's win over Florida. I don't know if you heard about this, but Missouri played a game in Gainesville and they ended up winning. Really? Yeah, it was really fun. Yeah, yeah, it was. Uh, this is really. This was. This is a lot of fun. We. I feel like we were kind of down on the team. The fan base as a whole was down on them after the. The fan base is completely different than yeah. it was a week ago. Flipped a switch. Uh-huh. And if this had been reversed, then we would have never had this like really bad downturn. Mm-hmm. I think if. Like everyone was like calling for Barry Odom's head like yeah. a week ago, and here we are, and, and just everybody's like cool. I feel like we did a decent job of kind of settling things down. We even, I mean, we picked Missouri to lose this game. Yeah. And we still said things will be okay even when they lose to Florida. Yeah. But now. I actually do remember last week saying that if Missouri beat Florida, and I didn't think they would, but I said if they do, I think it will save Barry Odom's job. Yeah. And I still think that's true after they won because now and barring a complete collapse the rest of the year Barry Odom's going to be back next year yeah and I I mean all season long I always thought and I think I said at least a couple times if they even if they lost the games they were supposed to lose like against Florida if they won these last three games made it to another bowl then potentially won that bowl I I, even if they lose that bowl I thought Mm -hmm. his job was safe and I think it would have been fine. Yeah, that's so, it's been a hot topic in the Mizzou community as a whole, but I don't really think that we've talked about it much on this podcast because I think we both agreed that Barry Odom's coming back next year. Yeah. Unless they just lose out or something. Right. So, so with this Florida game, uh, it kind of started out slow. Both teams uh, punted at the beginning. Um, Missouri punted a second time, and we saw some more of the uh, special team struggles. And that was pretty much the only place where Missouri struggled at all in this game because uh, Missouri's second punt gave Florida excellent field position. Um, it was not a very good punt, and then a Missouri player tried to like save any field position possible and batted the ball, which is a penalty. So uh, that gave it to Florida on the Mizzou 31-yard line, and they would kick a field goal to go up 3-0. Yeah, that was I was already like, oh, here we go with this weird stuff. Like, yeah. they just committed a penalty I've never heard of, like batting or something. <laughs> I was like, what? But things yeah. t- things quickly changed and turned yeah. around. I mean, immediately, Mizzou answered with a nine-play, seventy-six-yard drive. It ended in a beautiful twenty-seven-yard touchdown run by Larry Roundtree, and I wasn't didn't feel safe by any means, but it was good to see them moving the ball early. Mm-hmm. Um, then the teams went punt, punt, punt before Missouri again scored. This time on uh, a short field, Locke was able to find Alberto, um, just like he always does over the middle for a nice 22-yard touchdown. So Missouri was up 
by f- uh, with, with a score of 14 to 3. Which, which is the same. Is, if scary. those numbers mean anything to you, uh, <laughs> that's what it was against Kentucky before the meltdown. Yeah. So, um, I, again, the teams went punt, punt, punt before a 7-play, 78-yard drive from Missouri that uh, featured a nice run by Crockett and then a really nice completion to Hall for 41 yards. And then it was capped off by a nice little play where um, uh, Crockett took a option pitch from Locke four yards in for the score. So at that point, they're up 21 to three, and I'm really happy. Yeah. Uh, so can we talk about Emmanuel Hall? <laughs> How sure. much he means to this team? <laughs> Clearly a lot. Um, I mean, he's just like Mr. Everything right now. It, yeah. it, we Our offense has looked terrible for like the past four or five weeks that he's been gone. He comes back, and I mean, he... I mean, don't get me wrong. He, he made a very big difference in this game as far as the things he actually did. He had over 100 yards of receiving and a touchdown. But those numbers don't reflect how big of a difference he truly makes because the the defense just has to respect the offense and our offense in, in a different way mm-hmm. because he can just take the top off the defense at any time. And obviously Locke can hit him for you know on those, on those deep routes at any time. So just him being there makes a... I don't know, out, out of this world difference. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it opens things up for everybody else. Yeah. And when he's out there, you know, the defense knows Locke is going to be looking for him. Mm-hmm. So even if they don't get him this time, it's you have to stay on him every single time because Locke's going to be trying to find him deep. Yeah, I think it's safe to say at this point that Hall is probably one of the best wide receivers in the country. And he and Locke may be one of the best, you know, of uh quarterback wide receiver duos in the mm-hmm. country i mean that's just lethal yeah it's a shame that he missed so many games where we can see you know a really i mean statistically a really special season and then what would have happened what difference that would have made in some of those close games mm-hmm. um so i think we've talked before about the what ifs of this season that'll definitely be one to point to what if he stays healthy and plays in every game um florida was finally able to get a touchdown on the board they um their quarterback Franks was able to run the ball successfully some there including a three-yard touchdown run um, so that made it 21-10 Missouri and I just think the defense played spectacularly all game um, Florida's offense is not anything special they've struggled at times but I still think the defense showed that when it when uh, they're gonna take a struggling offense and basically shut them down mm-hmm. yeah I I'm not really even sure, to be honest, how Florida has been as good as they have been this year because, at least when we watched them this week, just nothing scared me about their offense at all. Franks played in the game last year, too, and I just remember him being not, you know, effective whatsoever in anything he did. They had a quarterback change in this game that Mm -hmm. we'll talk about later, and I don't know, it just seemed like anybody they put out out there was was not going to be effective against this Mizzou's defense. Yeah, watch out when Florida actually gets a legit quarterback because then they'll be right up there at the top of the SEC East every year because even with mediocre quarterback play, mm-hmm. they just have athletes all over the field and they're able to exactly. win a lot of games. So, um, I mean, even when Florida players were open, he was still overthrowing them yeah. and stuff like that. So I think there was a weird like sequence where he was on the sideline with Dan Mullen, the coach, and uh, the coach was just staring at him, like just giving them this weird look. I don't know. I don't know if this uh, rings a bell for you whatsoever, no, but see that. it was almost hilariously awkward because he was just looking at him like, "What are you doing? Like, <laughs> how, how are you this bad? You're missing wide open guys." But it was after that stare down that he came in and, and led them to this touchdown drive. So 
that that Mullen stare down must have kicked him into overdrive. I guess so. Um, so not much uh, else happened in the first half. Missouri went three and out, and Florida just let the time run out in the first half. So um, at halftime, I didn't see anything that I thought Florida was going to come out and take control of the game in the second half. I thought I was, and everybody on Twitter was kind of saying the same thing. I mean, this looks like easily Missouri's game to lose. I mean, they would have to be pretty big meltdown for them for Florida to even get to 21 points in this game. Which we weren't counting out, but yes. Right. <laughs> yes, it was going to take something pretty remarkable from Florida uh, for them to come back, and it didn't look like they were even close to capable of that. So uh, coming out in the second half, uh, Florida punted their per- first possession, and Missouri put the pressure on immediately and scored a really nice play, a 41-yard touchdown pass to Cam Scott, and that made the score 28-10. And I saw an article today about um, Cam Scott potentially being the, the heir apparent to the deep threat um, when Emmanuel Hall graduates. Yeah, I think he and Knox both have the potential to be a deep threat. And um, I don't know, this, this um, drive from Mizzou was just such a good sign, I thought, because uh, they came out of halftime, you know, into the second half. And uh, that's a lot of times when you see the other team make make adjustments and good coaches start to um, work their magic because they, they make these game-changing adjustments and can sometimes, uh, you can see teams, you know, kind of slow down and falter after halftime. But uh, Mizzou came right out and, and did exactly, you know, continue to do what they were doing in the first half. So I thought I was really impressed by that. Yeah, and specifically this Missouri team this season has – I just noticed that the offense kind of stalls sometimes at the beginning of the second half where mm-hmm. it's just like they just can't do the same stuff they were doing in the first half. So, yeah, it was really good to see them just right back at it on their first offensive possession score a touchdown. And then the, basically the same thing happened right after that. Uh, Florida punted, and then there was a, another Missouri touchdown. Uh, this time a pretty short drive, only 50 yards, ending in a, a short touchdown pass to Hall. So it was good to see him get in the end zone again. Um, Florida eventually would get a second-half touchdown. This is when they put the the backup quarterback, Kyle Trask, in there. Um, He was sort of effective. I think Um, Missouri's going up 35-10. to Missouri's defense and offense both kind of changed a little bit into let's run the clock out and get this game over with. Mm -hmm. But uh, he was able to do a little bit, so they got a touchdown in the second half. And um, Missouri tacked on a field goal right after that to go up 38-17. And that was basically it. Uh, there was no other points scored. Um, there was only a couple more possessions after that. So Missouri won 38-17. to 17. Mm-hmm. And it was it was what we've been looking for for four years now, a just sound, almost boring victory against a good opponent. Yeah, yeah. It definitely was something that we have not seen very much of the last few years. And, uh, yeah, most impressive was maybe the things that have kind of let us down in the past the coaching was fantastic Mm -hmm. uh the secondary played great uh christian holmes and demarcus ac pretty much played the whole game because uh, adam sparks was hurt and i mean those guys were just an anchor and both of them in this game with holmes this year yeah yeah Yeah, they've they both have played really great all year and, and especially in this game as well and uh yeah you're right just a completely sound performance from like every everybody everyone in the field even special teams was was good yeah, I don't know. I've, if I was going to nitpick this one a little bit, the special teams was still frustrating to me. I mean, there was blocking the back calls on 
every return basically and every punt return just about had some kind of holding or block in the back which was frustrating um jonathan johnson did muff a punt and then just have to jump on it true so i think the tucker mccann did a good job didn't miss any extra points missed uh, made a nice field goal um no a no pressure field goal so maybe that'll give him some more confidence but i thought the the punt game was was a struggle at times but that's kind of being nitpicky when you're talking about a 38 17 win against a top will, 15 team i will say i always hold my breath when jonathan johnson is yeah. receiving a punt uh especially <laughs> last year but yeah um so florida now falls to six and three uh, four and three in the sec and missouri moves to five and four overall and one and four in the conference they're no longer alone in last place so there's three other teams in the east with just one or two other teams with just one sec victory arkansas if you're looking at the whole sec standings they are alone with zero sec victories Mm -hmm. Um, but missouri plays two of those one win teams in vanderbilt and um, tennessee and then plays that winless conference winless arkansas to finish the season so yeah it's really perfectly for them to get these last three wins it's pretty incredible honestly that missouri's record is what it is and that they're at the bottom of the sec east considering how good i really think they are and we've talked about it a hundred times but just how they've just kind of had things bounce the wrong way this year but um they are a team that i think has gotten better over this season and that's uh, certainly encouraging um, and a testament probably to uh, Barry Odom and uh, his coaching staff. And, um, yeah, hopefully we can continue on this hot streak and, and put away these last three games. Yeah, I was really impressed with the offense overall. I think the running game was impressive. It seemed like in the first half every run was either like two yards or less or seven yards or more. So there were some pretty big runs broken off by these running backs. Crockett ran 21 times for 114 yards in a touchdown. Um, obviously, we talked earlier about Larry Roundtree's long touchdown run, so mm-hmm. those guys were moving the ball. Tyler Beatty did get um, injured an ankle, I believe, mm-hmm. so he didn't play for most of the most yeah, of the game. One actually, snap, I think yeah. the whole game. Um, so those that's guys look great about though. Having three really good running backs, so. yeah, yeah. The, the, Larry Roundtree and, and Crockett were both exactly what we hoped to see from them all year, and um, we talked about kind of that formidable backfield for Mizzou, and they were definitely that against Florida. Yeah, and it looked it looked like they were able to pick up the slack in the pass catching area too, because it they still were running those swing passes out of the backfield even when Beatty was hurt. So that's good that they that that option is still out there, so teams can't just ignore the pass out of the backfield with with Beatty not in there. Mm-hmm. Um, Drew Locke will finally put up a a really nice um, SEC game this season with. Uh, three touchdowns and 250 yards i mean he didn't really have to do it all so that was really helpful i think for him just kind of he had a lot of time he wasn't pressured very much i think we we've talked a lot but i think we could still give more credit to the offensive line this season how good they've been because anytime he has time he's able to find guys downfield yeah their pass blocking especially has been remarkable um all year long their run blocking has wavered at times um over the season but yeah, they've given Drew a tremendous amount of, of time all year long. Anything else noteworthy about that Florida game you want to talk about? I thought I thought it was fun to see Daniel Parker get a catch. Yeah, he, he played great. Um, obviously, Albert O going out and, and Blanton not playing for the past couple of weeks. It's like, well, who in the world is going to step up now? So yeah. um, I was like a little bit 
weirded out a few weeks ago <laughs> or maybe uh, at the beginning of the season when I heard that Daniel Parker switched to tight end. Yeah. Uh, but I think he fits the role really well and can block. Uh, he's a great blocker. And we, we knew that about him coming out of high school, how we thought he might kind of eventually switch over to offensive line. and. Which um, he, so he kind of sort of did. Yeah, he, he um, may end up there eventually if he puts on some weight and stuff. But right now, I really like where he's at, and he um, made some game-changing blocks. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, and he was. I saw a thing, an interview with him afterwards where he was talking, like bragging about having the best hands in the SEC after that <laughs> one catch. So it's good to see you having fun out there, especially. Mm-hmm. Um, trying to think if there's anything else. Noteworthy. It's amazing that we just had this enormous win, and there just doesn't seem to be all that much to talk about because just everything. Yeah, went I mean, well. Just yeah, it was just like, like I said. It, I wouldn't say it was boring, but it was just kind of just by the numbers, just ev- did everything right. Yeah, and, it was very businesslike. They went yeah. down there and they just they knew what they had to do. They re- rebounded from last week uh, against Kentucky. Um, yeah, we. I mean, we kind of didn't really know how they would react. Um, and I think, again, that's probably a testament to Barry Odom getting this team ready to play. Uh, but they were coming for blood against Florida, and I, it, it was really encouraging to see that they had put that Kentucky game behind them. Yeah. Also, shout-out to Jim Sturk because <laughs> after the Kentucky game, there was a video going around with him obviously not too pleased with the ending of that one. And then same thing, the video this week was not about him, but you see him come in very happy mm-hmm. and congratulating Coach Odom and – uh, the caption I, I saw was just like Jim Sterk a lot happier than he was a little last different, week. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, a little different Jim Sterk this week. All right, well, um, I'm ready just to move on to Vanderbilt because that should be another fun one. I think um, Missouri's got a really good chance at stringing together some wins here. Vanderbilt is four and five, just that one win, like we said in the SEC, that just came last week on the road at Arkansas. Um, I think we both picked Arkansas to win that game, mainly for me, just because it was at home. But uh, they were finally able to close one out. They did have close losses at Kentucky where they only lost 14-7. Uh, to 7. And then we've talked about many times at the very beginning of the year at Notre Dame, they lost 22-17. to 17. Yeah, they've, they've showed that they can stick around with good teams, definitely. And they can... Uh... I don't know. Notre Dame and Kentucky don't necessarily have like amazing offenses or anything, but Vanderbilt has definitely proved that they can hang t- uh, hang tough with good teams. Um, they haven't shown very often that they can get over the hump and win right. against good teams. Um, they they did that against Arkansas, but that's not saying a whole lot. Yeah, against good teams is the key word. There. Exactly. I think just the fact that their offense isn't able to score very much. I mean. They, they're not going to win very many shootouts because or they're not going to be able to outscore a team like Kentucky or Notre Dame just because their offense isn't right. anything special. It I mean, takes like a miracle every drive for them to put together enough plays to score. Right. Yeah. I mean, they're I've got here they're ranked 82nd nationally just in total offense and ninth in the SEC. So it's actually better than I thought. Yeah. To I be mean, completely honest. <laughs> it's just average basically and they're about the same on defense they're ranked 79th in total defense so they're just basically right at average Mm -hmm. which in the sec that's going to put you near the last near last in the sec if you're average nationally yeah if you remember last year um you always kind of wonder how drew lock's going to do um against certain defenses but last year it's basically the same as who offense came out and went up like 35 to zero or Mm -hmm. something against vanderbilt last year um, I'm not predicting that again by, by any means, but I, I definitely think that Mizzou is going to win this game easily. And yeah. um, 
like you said, Vanderbilt just doesn't score enough points to hang with, hang with Mizzou. I think if they just come out and, and focus, and I mean, obviously coming off a big win, we've, we've seen them coming off a big loss, and, and they responded, but uh, can they come out tough after a big win and riding high? Uh, I think they'll be fine if they focus. Yeah. Um, we talked about some of those injuries that some Mizzou players sustained against Florida. So um, I was reading an article today, and Albert O, I think it's kind of iffy on if he'll play against Vanderbilt. Um, but the good news is Kendall Blanton practiced today. Um, so he was kind of limited at practice, but it looks like he's on track to play, If especially if Albert O is out. Um, I think they'll kind of push that up on, on Blanton. So we should get one of those two guys for yeah. sure. Yeah, I hope to see at least one of them back. Um, I'm not sure that we absolutely need either of them or, or both of them, but because um, Daniel Parker Jr. played so well last week, and I think even Brendan Scales could, could play some meaningful snaps. So mm-hmm. uh, we have a little bit of depth there, but um, not a lot. So hope yeah. those guys can stay healthy. Yeah, and with Tyler Beatty's ankle, I think – there's really no reason to rush him back. We talked about how well Crockett and Roundtree played this past game, so I just don't don't rush him back yeah. for sure. This doesn't seem like a game, hopefully, that we will need them to make a, a, a risky return. Yeah. Um, Prediction-wise, I don't think that Vanderbilt will be able to score with Missouri. Now, um, I still think there's fears in the back of my mind because of mainly the Purdue and South Carolina game that that Missouri's defense may, you know. Average quarterbacks have made our defense look awful at right. times. Yeah, and definitely. Shermer, he's decent. I mean, mm-hmm. he, he can be efficient and effective at times, so he's got lots of experience in the SEC. So I, I wouldn't put it past him to come out with a sneaky good game. Um, but the way Missouri's defense is rolling right now, um, I don't have, I don't know where Florida ranks nationally on offense, but I can't imagine it's it's too much better than Vanderbilt um, because of the quarterback play. So I really don't think Missouri's defense should have too much trouble. I think this should be a relatively easy win. Hopefully we don't have too much to talk about next week. Mm-hmm. We can just kind of say the same thing that, they played well and on offense and defense and just walked away with kind of a quiet, easy victory. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think Shermer, we can expect him to be efficient in this game. Uh, but as far as just total output, I don't I don't think that they're gonna there's gonna not gonna be enough there. Yeah. Especially finding the end zone. You talked about them just sustaining quality plays on long drives and they really haven't been able to do that. And that's something that Missouri is really good at is mm-hmm just not letting you get in the end zone yeah if missouri can just put together a few quality drives and score i don't know 24 plus points i think they win yeah and i i don't think they'll have any problem doing that i i think they'll score 35 plus no problem mm-hmm. i think sounds like we're both predicting a mizzou victory mm-hmm. um i would say score wise i'm thinking something like what was the score in this Florida game? 38-17. That's, that's before the Florida game. That's what I would have predicted, something like that for this Vanderbilt game. Mm-hmm. So I don't see it being too different than that. Maybe something like – I like like 37-20. That's almost exactly <laughs> what I was going to say. I was going to say 34-20. Um, so, yeah, it sounds like we're on the same wavelength here. Um, so that means that Mizzou will probably lose by about four touchdowns right. or something like that. <laughs> yeah, or the game's going to be like 
I don't know, like 20 to 17 or something like that. Yeah. Well, yeah, I, I'm, I'm not sure I see happen. this being a blowout, but because I think Vanderbilt's defense is pretty respectable. But if it starts to get away from them, then who knows? Yeah. All right. So if you were here to listen to us talk about basketball, should we pick some? Should we pick the football games before we talk about basketball? Sure. Okay. Let's stick stick to football and pick these games real quick. Um, we thought we could see you know a big swing this past week. Did um, I pick literally all upsets last week? No. Okay. Because the only ones that we won were when we picked favorites. Okay. <laughs> um, we both picked Ohio State over Nebraska. And that was actually closer than... It was a close I mean, game. Nebraska had a 21-16 halftime lead. Did you watch that game? No. Oh, my gosh, producer Cameron. You uh, didn't watch uh, against their biggest game of the year? Is that the biggest game of the year? So far. I, guess, I mean, yeah. what's a big game when you're not very good? Like, a ranked team. Yeah. Who's, like, the game you just... Who's, who's the team you just want to beat every year? Mm. If you were, like, good. If Nebraska was good. Really, any Big Ten team that's good. Okay. Ohio State, Wisconsin, Michigan. Yeah. Okay. All the games we lose. <laughs> uh, Ohio State was able to hold on, though. They beat Nebraska, so we each got a point there. Um, then, yeah, the favorites that we picked won. You you picked um, South Carolina when it was an even spread. Oh, yeah. Even though you wanted to try to get the last minute. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, I actually noticed that on uh, Saturday morning that yeah. the line had changed to favor Ole Miss. And I was like, oh, I got to get those two points. <laughs> <laughs> no, not so fast. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I picked Auburn and Georgia. Um, Kyle picked South Carolina and Alabama. I, I don't know why I picked LSU, but... I don't know, I'm just trying did to I switch things Kentucky up. I Kentucky to beat Georgia. Yeah, well, I was th- watching that game. Like, what? That was so dumb. Like, what did it? <laughs> I kind of felt I that way. I knew Georgia LSU. wasn't gonna like lose to Kentucky. Yeah. All right. So first up, this is an interesting one. How will we go with this one? Illinois is playing Nebraska. So two teams that we don't like at all. Nebraska is favored at home by 17 points. That seems ridiculous. That spread. That's huge. Yeah, it is. If I was picking against the spread, I'd probably pick Illinois. I would, but, but outright. I want I want Nebraska to beat Illinois. I hate Illinois. And I hate Nebraska, but I'm going to pick them. I have not wanted Nebraska to win a game all season, but I no. want them to beat Illinois by 37. I hate Ohio State. I wouldn't have minded if they beat Ohio State True. last week, True. but I, I, didn't, I don't know. So you're going Illinois? I, uh, Nebraska. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm going to Nebraska as well. Okay. Producer Cameron, who are you picking? Nebraska. Oh, my God. Okay. I, I really hope they win. If Illinois beats Nebraska on the road, I'd be upset. Extend Lovey Smith. Oh, jeez. <laughs> Actually, if, that, if they win that and that means they extend him, then I might have to root for Illinois. Uh, first SEC game here, South Carolina at Florida. Florida only a six-point favorite at home against South Carolina. This is actually pretty interesting. Well, if you've listened to this podcast all season long, you should know who I'm going to pick because I've been down on South Carolina all year and high on Florida all year, so I'm picking Florida at home. Okay, that, that has got to mean I'm picking South Carolina. That sets you up even for though, those two points Even though I'm not really sure that I think they're going to win, I'm going to pick them anyway. Okay. 
Next up, Ole Miss at Texas A&M. Texas A&M is a 13-point home favorite. A&M for me, please. I'll do the same. Texas A&M has been consistently, like, just okay. Yeah. Like, they're kind of always there and, and like, against good teams, but kind of just don't, quietly don't really, good. like, beat anybody. Yeah. Yeah, but they're not bad either. Then we have Mississippi State at Alabama. Alabama with another one of these ridiculous point spreads, 24-point favorite at home. Oh, man, this is going to be a tough one. Who are you going to pick? Well, after thinking about it for uh, less than a second, I'm going to choose Alabama. (laughs) Okay, put me down for Alabama. Okay. All right. This one could get interesting. Kentucky on the road at Tennessee. They're only a a five-and-a-half-point favorite at Tennessee. Uh, I still like Kentucky here, even though... They're gonna probably this. These two teams are probably gonna combine for about ten points in this game. Yeah, I, I think I'll pick Tennessee just to go for the okay. try to predict the upset. All here. right. I could see it. Kentucky's probably crestfallen after their big loss sure. to Georgia last this week. This is Tennessee's biggest game of the year, basically. Yeah. If they can keep Kentucky from you know getting a nicer bowl, then I'm sure they'd like to. Um, Auburn at Georgia. Georgia, 14-point favorite at home against Auburn. Yeah, I got to go Georgia here. I'll do the same. And last big game for Arkansas, the rivalry, if you can call it that, LSU at Arkansas. LSU is a 13-and-a-half-point favorite. Uh, yeah, LSU for me, but they really did not look great against Alabama last week. Like, Obviously, there was so much hype for that game. They were playing at home. Not I a knew lot of teams look great against I knew, Alabama. Yeah, I don't. I mean, I honestly, I don't even know what analysis you can take from anybody, <laughs> any game of anyone against Alabama. But LSU lays a goose egg, and yeah. it's just like but they Arkansas fire beating, less. Arkansas just lost to Vanderbilt at home. So true. You think how could anybody pick them to be LSU at home? Oh no, yeah. But LSU fires less miles because he can't beat Alabama, and then they hire coach. Orgeron, and then yeah. he's even worse. So, did you see the um, screenshots of somebody that somebody took pictures of their TV with the closed captions on when Coach O was speaking after the game? No, and it was hilarious. If you have a chance, look that up because just because it, it didn't know what he was saying. Yeah, essentially, it had no idea what to put up there. It's just oh, like God. nonsense words, just like thrown he together. Is horrible to listen to. <laughs> like it's kind of funny for a little bit, and you're just like, okay, God, shut up. Um, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, check that out if you can, because that was really funny. Okay, yeah, I'll look it up. All right, now oh. I think we're ready for some basketball. One more, uh, yeah, one more little thing. Go for it. Did I see today that Kansas hired Les Miles? Surely not. Okay, maybe it was just a rumor. That Cameron, can it was look that up? probably going to oh, happen. Oh, sure, sure. Let's do a news search for Les Miles. I'd seen, I like, kind of heard some rumors about it that uh, he might end up there, but wow, that would be something. I feel like if it was official, then we'd know. CBS Sports. Les Miles and Kansas have spoken about the Jayhawks' open head coaching job. Okay, so it's not official, but but mm. that would be interesting. They've spoken. <laughs> interesting. Okay, now we can play some basketball. Okay. All right. That's it for today. We're going to go play some basketball. So, Missouri played a basketball game against Central Arkansas. Ball is life. Yes. I love basketball and i hope that it loves me (laughs) i've been ready for basketball season for a while 
and um, we talked last week about who we thought the starters would be, and they surprised us all by inserting Javon Pickett into the starting lineup. It was Geist, Mark Smith, Javon Pickett, Kevin Perrier, and Jeremiah Tillman. Yeah, um, when I think about my my guess, I'm like, well, that I mean, that makes sense that Pickett uh, started yeah. because obviously Conzo loves Pickett. We've, we've he's talked about him so much and everything. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, well, I, I mean, I shouldn't be too surprised yeah, not, by that. Not too shocking. Mm-hmm. I mean, everybody kind of had those four, and then that last one, like Torrance Watson, maybe Mitchell Smith, maybe Javon. So, and it looked like not knowing exactly the situation, it looked like he picked this starting lineup for just the defense because these guys uh, it looked like from the very beginning were pretty locked in on defense and so they were probably the ones that impressed him the most with their defensive ability and practice and such so mm-hmm. yeah that doesn't really we surprise started me at all. very quickly in this game yeah um that was really fun i mean really really quick start mark smith shot the lights out of the gym early and it was like thank goodness this guy's eligible because yeah. he might be our main source of offense this year. Yeah, I think I actually tweeted something like, can you imagine, like, a couple weeks ago, we were just uh, expecting to go into the season without either one of the Smiths. Yeah. Uh, so we weren't going to have Jonte or Mark Smith. This season could have, and still could be scary, but yeah, would have been even worse without Mark Smith because he clearly looks like he's going to be a big difference, difference maker. Yeah, he ended up with 19 points, a double-double with 19 points and 10 rebounds in 26 minutes played. Five of eight from three. Uh, yeah. There's probably a lot of Illinois th- fans who were thinking, where was this last year? <laughs> yeah, and I, I think a lot of it was mental. I think yeah. there was so much going on behind the scenes last year at Illinois. Not so great, much drama. Not great relationships. Yeah, so whole. all of those things can absolutely affect your play. And obviously it's really early to say, like, oh, Mark Smith is, is totally transformed now. But it, it definitely looked like he was uh, super confident out there and just having fun and uh, definitely what we wanted to see. Yeah, he and Tillman, were they kind of carried the offense at times. It was nice to see them be able to dump it off to Tillman when they kind of got in trouble and he was able to make something happen. I mean, he, he wasn't super efficient. Um, 16 points on 14 shots isn't super efficient, but he was still able to just go get a basket when they needed him to. Of course, um, Central Arkansas was pretty overmatched size-wise, down low especially, um, but... He also had two blocks. Um, he he ended up with four fouls, but he never was really in foul trouble. Mm-hmm. Played 26 minutes. Yeah, he didn't have his first foul until like the second half. Yeah. Isn't that right? Uh, I think maybe at the end of the first half. Okay. But he went a really long time before he he played a nice stretch, subbed out and came back in and still hadn't fouled anybody yet. So Yeah, that's probably like the biggest thing of his development that we want to see is just being able to play good defense without fouling. And he had that huge block at oh, one point yeah. in the game. That was crazy. Really well-timed. Mm-hmm. I mean, he just... He was in the right spot for for some rebounds and mm-hmm. putbacks, and he, he didn't block it out of bounds either. That, right. that was yeah. like we got the ball. Alive. Yeah, yeah. Um, I thought the defense. I know it's against Central Arkansas, but I thought the defense played really well. Um, I th- don't be shocked this year if this is kind of a slower paced team that kind of um, slows down slows down the game, kind of muddies it up a little bit with good defense and ball control. Um, not turning it over will be huge if that's going to be successful. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think some people were a little bit disappointed in the pace that they played last year, and I think it'll be even a little bit slower this year. Yeah. Um, I think you're going to see times where the offense is just going to struggle. Just like I, I think their struggles in this game, that's going to be there all season long. Yeah, I think, I think that'll happen every game. 
yeah, there's going to be stretches where they just can't get anything going. Mm -hmm. Um, I think something that jumped out to me was that when Geist was in the game, it flowed much better. Um, Pinson was able to make some plays, but I think the ball stuck with him a little too much sometimes. And he didn't really initiate anything except until he was at the end of the shot clock and just he decided to try to get to the basket, which at his size is always going to be kind of a struggle for him. Yeah, he definitely looked like a little bit bigger out there than yeah. maybe I had in mind when I thought about him, like a little bit taller and uh, a little bit longer arms and stuff. So, yeah, he, he made a, a definitely some nice plays, and um, I think that we'll continue to see him get better. I think this is really just the whole team. I think this is one thing that we'll see – over the year is these young guards are going to get a lot better. Um, I think we'll struggle early on. And I know I, I kind of jumped around a little bit, but I predicted a, a win at Iowa State in our uh, well, maybe schedule I, preview. Yeah, yeah. but I, I'm not sure I see it anymore because I just it, re, it hit me in this game how young this team is and uh, how much we're going to rely upon some of these players who just don't have a lot of experience. Yeah, and I think even Mark Smith just all he just doesn't have that much more experience, but he has Division One experience playing in the Big Ten, and you could tell that yeah. he was you could, that experience showed when you compared his game against Pickett's or Watson's, especially. Absolutely. Um, Watson had kind of a typical first game as a freshman, where his first uh, shot you could tell he was a little amped up, mm-hmm. and it was I think it missed everything. I think he was an airball, yeah. Yeah, so. Um, typical like first shot of your career yeah, type thing doesn't there. change any anything i think about him whatsoever yeah he he did knock down a three um he contributed five points in 24 minutes so i think as is just as those jitters kind of settle down and he gets more comfortable you'll see him um hopefully we got to see somebody get into the basket a little bit more than we saw in that game because the guards penetration was definitely lacking yeah yeah, definitely um, a little stagnant at times, but uh, I think we'll definitely see them get better and get more comfortable. And they're probably just um, maybe kind of feeling out what they're uh, if they've got the green light or not. You yeah. know, right now, you know, and their just, role sort of exactly. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think with the way they play defense, though, the way they have sort of interchangeable pieces in the guards, like one through three at times. Um, I think they'll they'll be in a lot of games, even against better teams, because I think they'll play solid defense. The games will always be close, probably. yeah, Yeah. And the slower pace, so it won't give a better team an opportunity to just run away with it. So that could be a decent advantage for Missouri this year. Um, So if you need a reason that playing a slower pace might be okay, that's definitely one. You'll be in a lot more games. Um, but against inferior competition, they're probably not going to blow anybody out with lights out shooting very often either. Um, let's see. I thought it'd be fun. You know, this is the first game, so we could probably draw some conclusions. So why not? Um, give me three things that you think it's probably too early to decide this now, but just go out on a limb and three things that stuck out to you that you think maybe might carry over through this season and beyond. Okay, um, one thing is, um, I think I tweeted maybe a poll about about this, um, was over the course of their career, how, who's going to have more points, Javon Pickett or Torrance Watson? Um, I definitely think that Torrance Watson will have more points in his four-year career, but 
I think Pickett will have more points this year um, because I think, I don't know, he's just the way he's worked so hard and everything. I think he's going to, he's he just looks comfortable out there right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it'll take Watson a little bit more time to develop and kind of find his, his role, but I think he will eventually and be really, really good. Uh, but I think he's going to start a little bit slower than Pickett. That's a good one. Um, I could definitely see that. I actually voted Pickett just because I, I was like, everybody's going to vote That's Watson. That's exactly what I did. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, I've got one. I think based on last year and this first game this season, I'm going to kind of go out on a limb and say Jeremiah Tillman will play four seasons at Missouri. I do not think he will go pro early. I Part of that's because of how the NBA bigs play nowadays, and I just don't see Tillman's skill set being something that they want super early. So I think he will have an amazing four-year career at Missouri, and his senior year could be something really special. I think that's really ironic that you said that because I thought about that during the game, Um, and I actually strongly considered putting out another poll. How many years (laughs) do you think Tillman will play? Because... I, I also agree that whenever I was watching him and kind of thinking about it, I think that it's a pretty strong possibility that he's going to play four years. And not not to bag the kid or anything or, or, or to say that he isn't good mm-hmm. or anything. But, yeah, exactly. I mean, his game does not exactly translate, at least yet, to what the NBA game currently is. And uh, he's not, you know, driving the ball or, you know, shooting yeah. or anything really. And. Um, that's okay. He can still be incredibly effective at the college level yeah. and, and may carve out a role professionally someday, but uh, I think you're exactly right. You got any more? I think my next takeaway is Kevin Puryear related, and I think that we know what who Kevin Puryear is. He's had three nice seasons at Missouri. Um, athletically, he's a little bit limited. Size-wise, he's a little bit limited. Um I think for Kevin Perrier to be most effective, he needs to play kind of in a post role, at least offensively, um, because I just don't know that we can really rely on him to score p- from the outside. And I think we have players on this team that can do it as well or better than he could, um, kind of in a guard or, or small forward role. Mm-hmm. So I think I'd like to see Kevin Perrier continue to kind of play a, a four, and maybe he can stretch the floor a little bit and shoot some like he has in the past. I'm okay with it. But I'm not sure that I really want to see him playing kind of like a small forward role because I just I don't think that he can be as effective there as maybe Pickett or Santos down the road could be in that position. Yeah, um, Santos especially, I think, could step in and, and kind of do what they want Perrier to be able to do, but he's just not going to be able to do it. Um, I Honestly, after this first game, I was actually going to maybe talk about Perrier as one of my takeaways because it was... I, this is going to be one of his worst games all season, I hope. One of seven shooting over over three from three. Um, he did have ten rebounds. True. Um, offensively, let's say, one of his worst worst games of the season. And I just think, while I was watching that, I was just, it's so disappointing sometimes to see how ineffective he is with the ball in his hands. I mean, it's always he's always been kind of undersized, and he just... Like, just seeing him get rejected by players from Central Arkansas is just kind of yeah. disappointing at this point, I think. Yeah, he's kind of carved out a role over his four years where he just he plays really hard and he kind of gets um, the follow-up points and mm-hmm. he's always in the right spot. And uh, that, he's made some he big really plays well. and yeah. stuff. Yeah, but as far as just, like, 
catching the ball on the wing and making a play, I just don't know that I trust him very much to do that, at least he, consistently. He flashes it from times. I mean, he'll have a little a little spin move or something that looks really nice or turns into a reverse layup or something like that. But it's just so inconsistent and just seems like sometimes he's so ineffective. It's kind of tough sometimes. That was actually definitely something that I was considering as one of my takeaways. But um, this one's not as it's we kind of touched on a little bit, but I do think that Xavier Pinson could be the point guard of the future from Missouri. Um, he looked a lot more comfortable than I expected him to. Um, his offense has a long ways to go. Um, he definitely looked a little overwhelmed at times, but the fact that when the shot clock was winding down, he was like, okay, I'll, I'll try to do something. I'll drive in. Um, he had one really nice kind of circus shot layup that looked really good. So um, if he locks in defensively and plays the kind of defense that Konzo wants him to play, um, I could see him leading the team at point guard for the future. And I don't think I would have predicted that a month ago. Yeah, I think I agree with you on that as well. That um, kind of like we talked about with Kevin Perrier, Jordan Geist is kind of in the same boat where he's a little bit limited with size. And um, I'm not sure that he's really like a pure point guard. I mean, I don't know. He, he can shoot fairly well and he, he can handle the ball probably better than he could when he got to Mizzou. So he's gotten a lot better. But um, I think Xavier Pinson, his ceiling is, is pretty high and he's a remarkable passer. Um, so give him a year to, to develop and yeah. kind of get familiar with his surroundings, and I think he's going to be lights out. I mean, thank goodness we have guys this year because I wouldn't yeah. want to have to rely on him this Definitely. year. But I think for the future, I think we're in good hands at the point guard spot with him. And I mean, sure, a Courtney Ramey or you know one of these higher-profile guards would have been nicer, but um, I think everything will be fine. Yeah. Okay, my next, my third takeaway is about Reed Nico. Oh, are you serious? I'm serious. That was going to be my third one. We might just have to combine this. <laughs> we, can, we, may, we may have to do that. That's okay. okay. Um, but I'm sure you can piggyback off of what I'm going to say. But I think Reed Nico will be more effective than Mitchell Smith this year. And I kind of remember comparing them a lot because they came in in the same recruiting class and they were both kind of like bigs. Um, and so... But Reed Nico does have an extra year on, on Mitchell Smith. Well, I'll give him that. But he definitely looks like he's developed his body a lot and athletically and uh, as far as footwork goes and everything. He made some really nice plays around the basket. Uh, you can't teach size, and he definitely has that. Um, so I, I think – and he's a junior, right? Yep. So he still has another year after this. Yep. Um, I'm not sure that he's going to end up having like a Ryan Rosberg type you know, senior season next year or anything, but um, I think he's going to help out this team a lot um, in Jonte's absence, and I'm, I'm really happy that we do have him as, um, as far as uh, depth goes. Okay, I literally wrote as shorthand for what I was going to say next, Nico greater than sign Smith. Oh, my. So um, not necessarily like to put it that bluntly, but yes, just to remind right. myself what I was going to say. Um, yeah, I was kind of disappointed that he that Nico only got six minutes on the floor. Yeah, did he score six points in six minutes? Uh, yeah. No, actually, um, where do I have it here? Six points in five minutes. Interesting. Yeah, he was three of three from the field. He had that really nice step through on the double team that looked really good. So maybe Konzo just knows what he has in Nico and just wanted to get some of these other guys just to kind of see where they are. Right, and he may look a lot worse against uh, better competition. I don't know. Yeah, that's why maybe he just, way too early takeaways. Maybe he just but. took advantage <laughs> of who he's playing against. But uh, 
and I'm sure that Martin probably knows that Mitchell Smith has a good ceiling, has a pretty high ceiling, and uh, so maybe he wants to just keep giving him minutes and just you know to get him more comfortable and stuff so he can be good down the road. Yeah, but, I'd be all for that. I mean, give Mitchell Smith a lot of minutes in these games that yeah. he, he won't be relied on very much because right. I think he is still just like so skinny and has played such little yeah. so little d1 basketball still yeah um that i think any of those minutes will just gonna help him i mean he had a time last night where he just didn't really know exactly where he was on the court i don't think and where the defense was and i think literally the defender could have just stood there and taken it from him yeah uh, when he tried to put up a shot right around the basket which is just something that you see from young guys who just don't really have a good feel for it yet so yeah i mean like you said it's incredibly early but i I was like a little bit disappointed with mitchell smith and because i just i think part of that was our fault for kind of hyping it up in our heads a little bit you're probably been reading and stuff but i thought the same thing he definitely has put on some weight like in a good way and um still looks pretty athletic and stuff um and i definitely think that he still has a high ceiling but um at times like you said looked a little lost Mm -hmm. and uh definitely uh, has not convinced me that he can shoot at no. all. So I definitely don't really. Same thing with Kenvis per year. I don't really know that I see Mitchell Smith playing anything other than kind of a post position. So yeah, and I wouldn't be I wouldn't be shocked, and I wouldn't mind. I would actually enjoy seeing a little bit of like um, two towers uh, like deal with Jeremiah Tillman and Reed Nico. Just see what happened. Put both of those post guys out there for a little bit. Um, yeah, I wouldn't with mind a bigger lineup. Yeah. yeah. Um, so those are some of our way too early takeaways. Obviously we're on the same page on most of those. Um, I think, I still think there's a lot of upside with this team. Um, and, but we're going to find out in a hurry because tomorrow, as we're recording this Thursday night, tomorrow they play Iowa state on the road and Iowa state is ranked currently 23rd in Ken Palm. That's another thing I wanted to mention about Missouri real quick. They started the season, um, when, with Jonte still on the roster at 41 on Ken Palm, once that news kind of trickled into his prediction models. Even um, with the addition of Mark Smith. Right. Uh, they dropped down to 67. And now after a not incredible but still sound victory um, over a pretty low-ranked um, Central Arkansas team, they've dropped down to 71. So before you freak out and say uh, their Ken Palm ranking is tanking <laughs> the highest that they were ever ranked in the three years before Conzo Martin took over was 98. And that was their preseason ranking in Kim Anderson's first season. So they are still on pace for around a 500 season, yeah. according to Ken Palm predictions. Yeah, this will be a really interesting test. Um, and like I mentioned a few minutes ago, I, I definitely don't think I see Mizzou winning this game but uh there's so many games in the season there's so many opportunities and and chances to to beat good teams especially in the SEC you're gonna you know have a potential NCAA tournament type matchup every single game in conference season there's so many opportunities to beat good teams that it's okay to lose some as well so I you know it's not the end of the world if Mizzou goes to a a really good team and, and loses on the road you know it's it's just totally fine uh, I think the the experience that they can gain from this experience is way more valuable than uh, than being you know worried about the loss. Yeah. So. Yeah, I think if you want to compare this to last year's game against Utah, um, where they went on the road against a decent team early and lost, this 
Iowa State team is, I think, is going to end up being quite a bit better than Utah was last year. Mm-hmm. Um, but that being said, Missouri's getting them at the right time. Um, they've got two pretty good guys um, suspended. They're starting big man. Um, he's going to be out this game. He's missing the first seven games of the season. Um, they still have Lindo Wigington, who played a, a good game last year against Missouri and actually kind of flirted with the NBA before coming back to Iowa State. So He's a great player. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, uh, transfer from Nebraska, of all places, um, Michael Jacobson. He'll be filling in in the post. Um, he's kind of a stretch, a stretch four that's playing the five. Um, he's six nine, but he can shoot a little bit. Kind of pretty good skill wise. So he's gonna be trying to pull Jeremiah Tillman out away from the basket, I think, and open it up for some drivers because they've got they actually kind of mirror Missouri in that they've got some rangy, long, kind of tall twos and threes um, that that are kind of interchangeable. They've got multiple guys that can handle the ball, so. I think it'll be a good defensive um, challenge for Missouri. Um, even with the guys that they have suspended, they should Missouri should have a, a definite advantage down low. But uh, they'll be cha- the guards are definitely challenged um, defensively. So what you're saying is we need a big game from Jeremiah Tillman. <laughs> well, I think it's set up that way. I mean, the fact that they're not gonna have much, they're gonna they're gonna throw double teams at him. I think, and if he can, you know, work around that, or you know dish it back out for open shots I mean that's that's going to be the game as far as Missouri's offense goes mm-hmm. or a cutting Kevin Perrier yeah maybe um you know a little maybe like a yeah big to big passing will be uh, something to watch for um I think defensively Missouri's gonna have to just kind of stick around I mean I think they'll I don't think they'll get blown out by any means I don't I don't think if Iowa State wins, I don't think it'll be as big of a win as Missouri had last year, um, just because I think Missouri's defense is going to be better than Iowa State's defense was last year. Mm-hmm. But, I, I mean, the fact that they're going to have a pretty big advantage down low gives Missouri a chance. Yeah. Um, so if some shots can fall and they can play good defense, they'll be right in it the whole way. Yeah, definitely a great opportunity to knock off a quality team on the road. I mean, that'll if, if they do pull off this game then that's definitely something that will bolster their resume all the way to the end of the season so um, great opportunity especially with Iowa State having some good players out so you never know what can happen yeah I, st- I think I still don't think Iowa State I mean they're a good team but I don't think they're going to really compete for a big 12 championship or anything like that I think they'll be in that second tier not quite challenging Kansas this season but they're still young I mean They've got a senior, Mariel Shock, who um, actually transferred from Virginia. So he's a guy that they lean on quite a bit for some leadership. But other than him... I remember him playing at Virginia. Yeah, everybody else is, I mean, junior, sophomore, and then these new freshmen that are pretty highly touted. So yeah. they're going to be around, you know, the a top 25 team for the next three seasons. Mm-hmm. So maybe eventually they'll get to that spot where they're challenging Kansas, but not this year. Um, one other thing is... I think we could see some press from Iowa State um, defensively. We actually saw a little bit of that against uh, Central Arkansas, and Missouri notably had their issues against a press last season, so Iowa State might trot that out early and try to build a lead based on that, so I would not be surprised at all to see that. Yeah, uh, make these freshman guards uh, handle the ball and and get the ball across the court. Um, If I were Iowa State, if I was built for that, I would absolutely do that against Missouri. Yeah, 
same. Anything else noteworthy you think? Uh, just the fact that this game cannot be viewed by anyone, apparently. <laughs> so frustrating. Uh, I don't know what the Big 12 is doing here. I don't know why this game between two Power 5 teams is not on any channel anywhere, but it's really frustrating. Yeah, I mean, we talked about like trying to figure out how to watch that, and I immediately thought, well, I remembered last year at uh, Utah and how I like signed into uh, something with my parents' Dish Network account so that I could get Pac-12 Network on my mm-hmm. phone and watch it. And I was like, oh, maybe I'll have to do something like that this year. I bet you regretted that too, by the way. Yeah, that was. <laughs> I should have just not worried about it. <laughs> but this, this uh, now they're they're on uh, Cyclone.tv or something like that. What? Uh, what even if, is that? If you want to watch that, you can pay seven bucks for a twenty-four-hour pass uh, to watch that game. Yeah, it's, or, it's so stupid. Luckily, Mediacom is one of the Mediacom like local stations has picked it up, so which doesn't really help me any. But of all things, how is it not even on like Watch ESPN? I feel like every college basketball game is yeah, on watch, at least Watch, watch ESPN. Missouri State on Watch ESPN. Yeah, all of Missouri State's games are on Watch ESPN. Yeah, I, I it's insane. Like, said something about this earlier, but that's the fact that we can watch every Missouri game on. SEC, Net- SEC Network Plus or watch ESPN is a huge benefit to being in the SEC. Yeah, exactly. And I don't know, like seeing this now, I don't know how Big 12 fans do it. I mean, like I could be a Florida fan living in Missouri and watch every yeah, Florida game. Exactly. Well, m- one thing I was wondering about was uh, this Missouri game was on SEC Network Plus against Central Arkansas, right? Mm-hmm. Well, when I went to their... I get, is that separate from their alternate channel? Yeah. Because I went on their alternate channel on, I have DirecTV, and it was just nothing. I'm like, SEC, how is that even possible? SEC Network Plus is, like, basically watch ESPN only. Okay. It's well, like why, only. Did, why do they have an alternate channel if they have, like, a bunch of games going on and they have nothing on the channel? I don't know. I, you're probably not authorized to answer that question. I, I'm not. That is above my pay grade. Okay, next week we'll get an interview with uh, <laughs> SEC Network. Yeah, I just cast it to my TV anyway. So, True. So it's all, it's no, it makes no difference to me. Um, as, as long as I have a feed yeah. and this week, I won't have a feed unless I want to pay seven bucks, which uh, I might, I'm actually going to be busy during the game, but I might pay seven bucks to watch the game after it's over Yeah, on demand or something like so that. So we have some analysis. Yeah. I don't want to miss it. Well, I think that's all I have for this week. And we had we, a lot to talk about. We did a lot it's, of good stuff. It's going to be like that for a couple of weeks when we got football games and basketball games, we're going to do recap preview recap preview yep. so um, busy but a good problem to have yes lots of content we'll be doing the same thing next week recapping previewing games kyle why don't you let them know where they can find us oh absolutely uh you can find this podcast at itunes google play music spotify and you can tweet at us at mizzou sports one and you can email us at missouri sports pod at gmail.com actually i changed my twitter handle so you can tweet at us at mizzou sports pod Oh, nice. Getting that branding in order. Mm-hmm. Love it. Mm-hmm. And you can find me on Twitter at C underscore hour to wait. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Glad we got two wins this week. We will see you next week. <laughs>